This week I saw, again, for the second time, feeling afraid as if something terrible is going to happen, which is one of the most brilliant sort of comic monologues um, about a, a, a man who finds his dream man and um, and then is scared of the relationship. And right, it's about right. depression and anxiety and, um, yeah, lack of confidence in things. But it's written as a stand-up routine. Oh, and fantastic. it's so clever. Yeah. And Sam Barnett is unbelievably brilliant that's fantastic because he manages to do a sort of comics timing but also indicate that something is happening beneath the comic timing which is the idea it's sort of the sad stand-up but it's much more complicated than that yeah yeah yeah. um so i yeah and i was i would love it i think the bush has been so good for new plays and um new writing and i was thinking you know if you wanted the absolute alternative Christmas show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the war. Yeah. It's very fab. So yeah, I think Christmas shows generally might be our theme this week on As the Actress Said to the Critic, with me, the critic, Sarah Crompton. And with me, uh, the actress, Nancy Carroll. I completely forgot my name just for a second. Yeah, no, yeah. That's because you've been in rehearsal all week while yeah, I've yeah. been off watching things. Yeah, yeah and, and um, yeah, so and I saw another alternative Christmas show this week as well, which was uh, Nutcracker uh, by Drew McConey at um, Southbank Centre, which I brilliant. also recommend. That's much more Christmassy. It's tinsley and lovely warm yeah, light. Yeah. Really good. And a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant jazz band uh, playing Tchaikovsky. Oh, that's exciting. That's good. I think it's, I mean, it, yes, of course, it, it, lots of shows that take on a Christmas theme, but it is also a time of year when people give themselves permission to spend that money and go out and celebrate and meet up with friends and family. And there is, and as you said, before we started recording, you know, there is tons, there's tons on at the moment and yeah. it's really exciting and, yeah. and a, a great sort of array of dance and music and musicals and straight plays and comedy plays and political plays and it's a, there's a real richness of availability. And there is and I think I, I, before we, because we decided we were going to talk about Christmas, I thought I'd have a look and I assumed that it would just all be pantomimes, nutcrackers, yeah. which was my sort of pet problem and, um, uh, and and Christmas Carol, which has become the ubi- nearly as ubiquitous yeah, as yeah, the, the old Vic. Well, everywhere there's one. Have you seen? I didn't see it. So the old Vic one is glorious. Right. I mean, it is lovely. And this year it has. Um, I saw it with Andrew Lincoln, which was fabulous. And this year it has Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, it's written by Jack Thorne, and it gives enough space in. Though it's obviously sort of creates a sense of Christmas cheer every year. Yeah, yeah. It gives enough space for the leading actor to sort of do it different ways. Make it and his so own. I think Eccleston will be good in it. So I saw it with Owen Teal and Stephen Tomkinson. Separate yes. Yeah, separate yeah. years. I think that was right. It's low. I mean it's been on over I mean it's I think become a firm about for ten years. I think Is it ten years? I think it is ten years. Well oh. No, well a long time. And, <laughs> and and but it is so beautiful with um you know the bell ringing. There's a great word for bell ringers, isn't there? There's Campanology. A... Campanology. Such I a good that, word. It's such a good word. I know that from Dorothy L. Sayers. Okay, very Taylor's good. So Best campanology. Novel ever. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and uh all the stuff you know, there's a sort of element of not audience participation, but it feels that towards the end as everything as yeah, Scrooge. You build the, yeah. Yeah, as Scrooge, you know, starts to cheer up, there's a there's a bit more interaction with the audience and stuff. And it and but then and also, as I think I probably said this time last year, there's the 
the Dickens polemic point of the entire story, which is to draw attention to poverty and so that they collect for charity at the end and actually, you know, that there's so much that hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we come full circle. Yeah. And and that, that's why, and that, paint, that that has been made at the end of every sort of version of the play every Christmas uh, at the theatre that they say. Uh, the old he makes yeah, a speech, collect. Scrooge He makes a speech and they collect yeah. for, I think it's London Homeless Charities. Right. Um, Which is and it is awesome. brilliant. And actually, it, I, I mean, so what I think about Christmas shows is that it is the time of year that theatres really bank on because it is a treat. I mean, yeah. my first theatre going was a Christmas treat. And yeah. um, I think that is true for most people. Yeah. What happens at Christmas theatre shows, if you're a critic, right. and, and speaking from that perspective, is it is the time of year when the greatest gap opens up between you as sort of a professional, quite often with a notebook on your knee, and the public around you who are just there to have a really, really good time. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a very, very odd thing. Um, about you, you feel constantly like the man in the Thurber cartoon of not getting it. So you're sitting in a pan, particularly in pantomime, right. where everybody's just going wild and everybody's on a sugar high and everybody's having a great, great time. And you are sitting there going, that joke didn't land. Oh, and there's no. this kind of really weird thing. So, you know, and every, they've gone for a treat and you've gone to analyse whether this pantomime is a good pantomime yeah. or a bad pantomime. And I find it, re- I, I do actually find it really, really difficult as yeah. a critic. And it, it's, it's a very odd thing. And it marks a separation, really, yeah. between writing about theatre professionally and just actually going along and having a really, really nice time. Yeah. Yeah. And Christmas Carol was interesting because I went, so the last time I went, I think it was last year, was with a friend and she was so kind of into it, just yeah. kind of absolutely ready to be entranced. And actually it was an example of why critics should be allowed to take guests because my hard-hearted Scrooge-like soul did, um, you know, did really melt because she was having a nice time. And it's such a brilliant show. And then at the end, it does actually allow a genuine sort of feel-good thing of you feel you're doing something good because you're also making a donation. Yeah. So it, it's very clever. That is a brilliant thought actually about going with a friend as opposed to sitting amongst the bank of critics who are all... You know, and I think mostly, you know, the the press seats are sort of separated a bit, aren't yes, they? Not really yeah. sitting together. Well, yeah, there's usually a few seats between us in case we don't get on. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. But, but there is something about going with somebody that you love and know who, and so you're possibly in a slightly different state of mind as well. You're in a more sort of companionable as opposed to um, professional state of mind, yeah. or or rather, there's a balance maybe subconsciously in your head when you when you're watching what you're watching. And I think it's, it is an interesting thing because although, yes, everybody's sugar-fueled and everything, you know, and they're excited and that might be their annual treat. They might have met up with friends that they haven't seen since last Christmas. And so there's a manicness. Yeah. But actually, that makes it quite hard to perform for. Yes. You know, and, and actually the skill then involved, particularly for pantomime or whatever, it's like... They're sort of drug crazed. You give kids that much sugar, you're sort of, it's like getting a load of university students and giving them a load of pills and go, okay, sit still for two hours while I tell you this really interesting story. It's the equivalent because it's like they're, you know, particularly candy floss, which is sort of, or popcorn or whatever. And then when you give them those light up things. Oh, yes. So they're doing something to their brain with these sort of light up whizzy fans. 
which my kids always wanted to buy that were always the most expensive thing. But it was interesting actually being at work at Hampstead Theatre. Uh, a week before last, they were doing lots of photographs of an up and coming pantomime. And I don't know whether it was in North London or wherever it was, but it was David Suchet, who is about to be Captain Hook. Yes, he, I think now I do know that. That's somewhere, um, it's like, it might be Bristol, it's somewhere okay. out of London. I was chatting to uh, Nathaniel Parker, who's in the cast of rock and roll that I'm doing as well, we're doing together. And they know each other from Poirot days and stuff. And he's saying, I'm really nervous, but really excited. I've never done it. And, and so you've never done a pantomime? No, and he says, I'm so excited about it. But it is this thing, it is a, it is a completely different skill set. But one, having, which I think we've said before when we've talked about children's shows. So performing for children is one thing because they are forensic in their taste and if they do, if they feel that if anybody's phoning it in on any level, they lose interest instantly, and then you fuel them with M and M's and popcorn and ice cream and Coca Cola and whatever. That's just you know. So the the quality of work, the quality of team playing yeah. on stage, and you know, cue following and story, you know, glue mm. has to be absolutely top-notch and yeah. so you I think as an audience as an as an adult in the audience we get terribly complacent I mean you know we say oh well it's a pantomime and it's this and it's marvelous and whatever but actually I think I think it's an extraordinary science yeah performing for a slightly manic yeah. audience and and and, uh, you know, because it's tradition, because it's so familiar, we sometimes forget yeah. that. I and think. actually, well, so the other thing I think I forget and um, uh, is that I do think the range of Christmas shows has, yeah. has got brilliant, actually. It's what you say. There is what what we're seeing on the stages now. There's a lot of effort going in to making really, really genuinely entrancing Yeah. Um Christmas shows, uh, which really have have an opportunity of making people think, wow, theatre, yeah, that's yeah. something. Because yeah. I think there was a point probably in the 90s, maybe that's, or maybe it was a bit later, but where there were a lot of commercially produced pantos and they were very slick and they were um, kind of good fun and had, you know, some good jokes and lots of, you know, stars of the past would come back and play buttons or cinders or whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, but the shows themselves were thin, I, I think it okay. would be true to say. And they, they were just kind of big, glossy, well-produced pantos. Whereas now, you know, there are there are a lot of brilliant commercial pantos, the right. London Palladium being the sort of famous yeah. one, uh, which Julian Clary leads. And it's oh, quite, really? okay. I think, um, is incredibly glossy, incredibly high production values, very funny, an awful lot of double entendres. Yeah. Um, you know, really kind of um, risque, I yeah, think. Yeah. But wonderful, high pro- high production values. And I think there are versions of that around the country. But a lot of effort has gone in uh, to finding different Christmas entertainments right, okay. everywhere. So you still get those the local theatres that have a very famous panto. Like I used to go to the Belgrades in Coventry and they, they're doing Cinderella this year and Stratford um, Theatre... Royal Stratford East always has a great panto and the Lyric Hammersmith always yeah. has a good panto. And then a huge amount of community effort tends to go into those. Yeah. But then there's also sort of shows like Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Which is on uh, in Birmingham. And is that the one with the puppets? 
Uh, it's the Sally Cookson one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was on the bridge of Ridgeway. Yeah, so it, and it's gone round and round. And then um, the RSC's put on Box of Delights, which is the John Macefield yeah. um, uh, story. So there is a sense of things being made. Um, at Bristol Old Vic is doing um, the Arabian Nights, which oh, actually I, I really it. fancy seeing yeah, because yeah. that's kind of, kind of opulent and glossy and stories, which yeah. is... Um, essentially um, Christmas. So I think uh, a lot of people are making a lot of effort to to engage in that way, of to yeah. say, this is the big treat, so let's really make sure. Yeah. Which is quite honourable given how hard it is for theatres yeah. at the moment. But, they but, are... for, but for you, uh, criticising them, you know, being a critic and going along at Christmas and you're saying it's a slightly different kettle of fish because it's a very particular audience, yeah. is that... Something is, you know, like in a team of critics, you have to hand out very specifically or is it luck of the draw or you say, well, this person's particularly good at knowing how to pitch that or is there... Well, so is in it, terms of what shows well, you to go to. It's a different language. It, it is know. a different language. Yeah. So, yeah. So it is interesting, isn't it? I, 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 I try to think about whether it's satisfying for the audience i do think right. that there is a sense in which i do look quite hard at the audience around me right and see whether the children really are engaged yeah. and people really are um moved by it uh, even at just the level of thinking the jokes are good i mean yeah, you know, yeah. just waiting for the jokes to land two of the things that are on uh this year i know to be sort of superb pieces of uh, theatre making. One is Life of Pi. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which we had um, Finn. Finn Caldwell, yeah. Finn Caldwell on it, and we can refer you back to the previous podcast. Yeah. Um, and the other is um, My Neighbour Totoro, which is. Oh, the is yeah, yeah. Which is a, you know, a stunningly. I was going to say elaborate piece of theatre, but it isn't really. It's quite a simple piece of theatre, but with amazing puppets and really? amazing effects. Where's it so, on the barbecue? So that's coming back to the barbecue. Right, okay. And that's just running for a long time. And and that's kind of quite nice for me as a critic because I know that I really, really love those two shows. I mean, yeah. you know, audiences have, have adored those shows. Yeah, yeah. They've like been road tested yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, and they are brilliant, magical um, shows that in both cases yeah. celebrate theatre. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah, yeah. And but imagination, I, I, I guess. And imagination. Which is Santa and, you know, that that everybody tunes into that bit of Miracle on 34th Street, yeah. you know, keeping him alive, Santa tracking apps. And it is it is maybe we allow ourselves to make leaps of faith and, and um, suspensions of disbelief in a, in a more redolent way at this time of year. So yeah. that sort of stuff sort of comes into its own, Yeah, it's it? true. And it is true. And, and that, um, yeah, the imaginative leap and the empathetic, yeah, yeah. Really, of what? Um, so I, I, I interviewed May Mack, who's one of the stars of oh, Totoro, and um, she's wonderful. I mean, she's an incredibly impressive actor, yeah. and um, she is utterly convincing as a four-year-old. But <laughs> she, and she Aww. was saying that what she tries to tap into, yeah. Is the essence of a four-year-old. So she right. takes you on this, you know, her journey is the journey that you go on in the story of a girl who's lost and sad because her mother's ill and goes to a place where she finds a kind of magic. And it is oh, her yeah. journey that you go on. Philip McDermott is the director and it's full of magical effects, you know, yeah, very, yeah. very simple things. And it does this incredibly clever thing of making the puppeteers 
visible. So they're part of the cast. So when they have, I think, I feel I've said this, I certainly said it in my review, when they have their masks down, they're, they're invisible. And when they have their masks up, they're characters in the show. And it's oh, such a clever brilliant. and very simple device about, yes, yes. you know, analogue theatre of just putting it in front of you. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, and what she said, and I think actually this is what you do try to judge. What you're trying to do is convince people that you believe in the story you're telling. Yeah. And I think that's true whether you're telling the story of Aladdin or whether you're telling the story of... Um, Totoro, that you're you're trying to make the audience kind of empathetic to that journey that yeah. people are going. Yeah, yeah. It is. We were talking this week at work about sort of language of a show or the conventions of a show, and if you have to ask an audience to acknowledge and learn a rule for the language of that show, like the mask being down and the mask being up yeah. or accents or, you know, like we have an issue where in, in rock and roll, some there are people from Czechoslovakia and sometimes they're talking to fellow Czechs in Czech and sometimes they come to England and they're talking to English people about things that are going on abroad or, you know, in whatever the conversation is about. And we talked about whether or not you can create a convention where an accent is used when you're talking English and then the accent is dropped when you're talking Czech. Yeah. Um, but then also when two Czech people are in the company of an English person, they are actually talking Czech. Yeah, right. And I did. we had a similar thing in Young Marks, which I did at the bridge, cause, so that when they would be speaking German with each other, we had an English accent when we spoke to English people, but we were German, we used an accent, and then occasionally... We would speak in German. I can't yeah. remember, but it. But it's the same thing of asking adults, uh, audiences, to believe that an adult is four, or that a puppeteer is present or not present. It's always an act of imaginative jumping. Yeah, theater. yeah. And and you're absolutely right that you learn the conventions in the course of a play. Yeah. And what is magical about pantomime, and which good pantomimes absolutely do. Yeah is it says, I'm going to take you by the hand and I am going to explain to you these things that you've now got to believe to um, enjoy this show. You're going to probably be in a fantastical kingdom. You know, you um, if, if you're in Aladdin, you're in the East. If you're in um, Cinderella, you've got a prince who appears. If you're um, in Jack and the Beanstalk, you're, we're going to show you a paper beanstalk that's going to grow. So we, yeah. we've set you in a magical place where strange things happen. Yeah. There's going to be um, a girl dressed as a boy who you have to cheer for. There's going to be a man dressed as a woman who's going to make you laugh. Yeah. And there's going to be a baddie who will appear in ridiculous ways and make you boo. Yeah. And then there'll be a chase and there'll be a song sheet and there yeah. will be all these little conventions. And, 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 it is absolutely true. You're teaching people yeah. that you're in this place where anything can happen if you follow the rules. And yeah. I think I, I hadn't ever thought of that, but it is true. And when and that means that those kind of other shows that have grown out of yeah. um, the, the the Panto convention, the, the Christmas show convention, it, it is the same thing, isn't yeah. it? Of of just thinking, you know, life of pie. Um, is a story which involves you believing sitting in a theatre that a boy is on a boat with a tiger. Yeah. And you have to believe in that tiger, even though you can see the people moving it in front of your eyes, yeah, as, yeah. as Finn talked about. And I, I think that is, it is so sort of utterly astonishing. And and I do, I do, as 
I do try to suspend my disbelief and 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 as at Christmas and not sort of just get into a kind of yeah. Well, in a way, critical. Well, the in, well the inner the analytical. I don't know if this is right, but the analytical critical eye is sort of at the other end of the spectrum of the lost imagination. Yeah, you know, and it's quite hard to you to have both working in parallel. But that's sort of what I guess you have to do is you have it to... It is what you're trying to get. You are trying to keep the sense of wonder. And as I say, that is why Christmas is the hardest time. Because, yeah. you know, you just feel you're seeing an awful lot of wonder. Yeah. And an awful lot of fantasy. Yeah. And even um, Christmas Carol at the Old Vic, I mean, because that's quite a hard stage to do it on. They've got it in the traverse, haven't they? Yeah. yeah and, you know, and suddenly a, a door frame will be wheeled in or become something else or flopped on its side or whatever. And I... I mean, I love all that. And then for kids, it's it's make believe. It's it's you know, it's grabbing a tea towel and suddenly you're one of the three wise men. It's, yeah. And that or com- the snowman where you have to where you have to believe that these puppets are flying. You yeah. Know, which does you know that's been going for twenty six years and it still works. It and is it's, amazing. But it's gorgeous and it's simple and and as you say, you want you're willing to sort of relinquish all the sort of the hard practicality of living as an adult in in the world, yeah. knowing as much as we do about, you know, what what real life is, particularly at the moment with everything being just a mess. Really, yeah. um, you know, and so there's a there's a tonic, there's a you know, just even in the in the idea that you allowed yourself to go into a theatre with a mulled wine and a big box of popcorn, it's <laughs> yes. like all bets are off, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. diet tomorrow, whatever it is. You know, you allow yourself treats, and and then also the imagine the treat that your imagine your imagination gets to have, which is to go to places where anything can be anything, yeah. literally. And and that and I think that's what Finn was talking about, was that when they started on that journey of Warhorse, they saw where the boundary line was and they said, well, okay, let's just push it here. Let's yeah. just push it here. And then you realise that once you do that, you know, it, you're sort of, on the one hand, you're you're designing and writing a new language, but that also, if that if that's possible, then where else can we go? Yeah, yeah. And 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 you want to go there. You want yeah. to you want to let someone else be in charge. I mean, that's it as well, isn't it? As an as a child, you're not in charge. You're not responsible. Somebody makes sure you are fed and watered and clean and clothed. And 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 as an adult, to let someone be else be in charge is such a luxury. And I think that's what is the joy of it sometimes with Christmas shows. You're not being made to think, okay, what's your opinion about this political situation or this ideology or this idea or this revival of this great classic play? Someone else is going, okay, we're going to go somewhere where no one's going to ask anything of you other than to just laugh and smile and rejoice in this story that will take you on a full circle and and leave you in a really happy place where you feel warm and fuzzy, but you've been thoroughly entertained. Um, You have a few jokes here and there that are a little bit naughty, but nothing too um, sinister. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and maybe that's it. Maybe that's the joy of it, that you're with all these kids going nuts, but that also 
someone else is taking you to this totally fantastical place where nothing is required of you that's too much like hard work yeah. or reality or I see that's uh, it's true because there was there was briefly and um I think Warhorse opened near Christmas I think Warhorse oh, did it? Okay. ran over Christmas and certainly the national also did a famous Christmas show called Coron Boy <gasps> oh I saw that which was amazing but which was qu- really quite sad and quite yes. distressing because it was about um abandoned children yeah, and yeah. death yeah. and and it had an incredibly sort of satisfactory um, sort of narrative arc, didn't it? A yeah. trajectory at the end where you you didn't feel sad. Yeah. But it's it's perhaps interesting that at the moment, at a time where everybody does feel that it's so much in need of um, warmth and cheer, that I feel that that kind of Christmas show isn't quite an offer. You can go and see Macbeth because yeah. you don't want to see a Christmas show, or you can go and see. Um, um, Ulster American, which is you know an incredibly sort of violent comedy, right. or you can go and see um, Motive in the Queue, you know about Richard Burton. Yeah, yeah. There are alternates available, but that idea of a Christmas show that is just that bit more um, disturbing in a, okay. in and of itself seems to slightly have gone out of fashion, and I think it is fashion to some extent. But I do think you're right that the um, what so what I am trying to way up when I'm in a theatre right at Christmas is whether it works and whether that the children do surrender or the adults do surrender yeah, to the yeah. story even if I'm not quite doing it that whether it it, it it happens around me and I am always moved and um, excited by the fact that you will quite often if you go to a pantomime matinee you'll probably get a really kind of well, quite often a fairly stroppy lot of kids and who maybe think that they would rather be at home playing on their PlayStation or, um, you know, mucking around with their mates. Yeah, yeah. And their parents have said, oh, come on, let's all go to the theatre. Or a school has arranged it. Schools, I think, still do arrange Pantas' trip. And if it works, um, I was at the Lyric Hemisphere last year and this kind of quite, you know, really kind of quite, as you say, quite... Cynical audience, as right, okay. I would suggest, by the end of it, were completely won over and yes. were joining in the sing song and watching people race around the theatre yeah. and roaring with laughter and that kind of pleasure yes. of just shedding everything. But you also get like um, principal boys or, or whatever the the phrase is, you know, the young, uh, the juvenile, yeah, juvenile leads, or, you know, when they, yeah. you know, now, of course, there's there's that sort of off the line ad-libbing thing that is part of the convention of it. So if you get a particularly cynical audience, I've seen, we saw, we ended up seeing about three pantomimes last year. But then by, if they were a pretty hard and fast audience, they go... It could. There was room to turn around. And go, oh, come on, <laughs> come on, have another gin or whatever it was, just to sort of lighten up. And then you realise that, you know, that there it is. It's sort of almost Brechtian, isn't it? That yeah. you can. They can. The fourth wall is completely down, and yeah. and, and that we're all, we're all in this together. We know what this is, guys. It's yeah. bonkers. It doesn't make sense. It's yeah. completely over the top. But please, just laugh. Yeah, have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And, and there is something glorious about that. I mean, what's interesting about the Coram Boy and Dickens actually is that they're so familiar and glorious, and there is great magic. But there is this sort of thread of reality. Yeah. And there is a sort of, not darkness. I think it's reality more than darkness. Yeah, yeah. It's real consequence. 
and yeah. and and hope the, the in, there's a sort of deep dark river that runs under his stories which is almost like parallel streams one is destitution and one is hope yeah and 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 eventually you you hope that they meet each other at the end and i think that that christmas carol has that and i mean loads of them and i but coram boy for me had a bit of that and i think you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Coram Fields, if you near the Great Ormond yes, Street. Yes, I have. I mean, that's an amazing place. It's incredibly moving. And, and I love that to this day there's the sign by the gate that says adults may only enter if, if accompanied by a child. Right. That there's this sacred space. Because it was a foundling, it was a foundling hospital, yes, wasn't it? It was, yeah. was looking after lost lost children, yeah. really. At the same time as Dickens. I mean, it is actually the same period. Yeah, and, and, and there is just stories of people having a change of heart or seeing seeing something that is unseen by everybody else that needs love and attention like you know the sheer amount of poverty there is in London or orphans that that are being left yeah you know with with no hope and and that that their circumstances are uh, you know have been put upon them it is not through any fault of their own they came into the world unwanted or you know, un- unaffordable, or you know that that whatever it is that led that mother to leave that child in a basket at the door. Yeah, and 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 I think, you know, that there's something. So that, okay, then it's a bit like old Lang Syne, isn't it? It's it's a bit like let's not forget, lest yeah. we forget. Yeah, and I think that's that. I is just as important as Christmas as. M&Ms and, and too much mulled wine and everything else. It's, it's okay, let's all celebrate. Let's treat ourselves literally, but also stop and look around us, re-engage our periphery vision. And while that periphery vision is re-engaged, let's say, oh, actually, this person, it's not just about me and my bubble. Yeah, I belong to a collective. Yeah. And this is a story of historical collectives. Yeah, no, you know, there's something about that that is is sort of as important as as all the sugar. But it's also it's also true that um Christmas theatre is about community, which yeah. is sort of it, it, whatever its theme, it is about community. And it is also a community that puts children at its centre, which yeah. is kind of a, you know, it's glorious. So I I mean it's why I like Christmas in general. Yeah. is that it's a story of hope with a child at its centre and I you yeah. know, I I think that's that always makes me feel, you know, a bit better because you are concentrating yeah. on, on children. And then, of course, you know, the whole sort of magic and play of circus, you know, is another big thing. And and the brilliant uh, Revel Puck circus that we had on a previous podcast have got their new show, which oh, is called brilliant. The Ruckus, which is on Waltham Forest from, I think, the 14th of December till early January, which is a must-see Running right through, yes. Running I'll right through Christmas, and and that's a whole new. I mean, they're calling themselves calling it variety, but it is all of that stuff that that Luke talked about when he came on the show, and just about exploration and finding the magic from from a place of human frailty, yeah. and 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 that, and it growing to to a magical place from that. So it becomes about being human and about community and. But also childlike play, yeah. which is sort of what you're saying as well. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. And I won't be with my notebook out and I won't be cynical. I am. Yeah. I'm fighting cynicism. It's, I, I'm going to have a lovely, lovely. Maybe we run should write the Christmas. new fight. Should be for <laughs> for circus reviewing. Oh yes. You know, but like in French style. Yeah, more serious. Now that we've moved stars to the yeah. bottom of the review, Next we can one. do anything. Yeah, we can. Well, peace. 
<laughs> and I'm not happy yeah, now. Yes. <laughs> I think. I hope. I'm definitely yeah, hope. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hope that people enjoy whichever Christmas shows they book yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's a goodbye from me, Nancy Carroll, the actress. And goodbye from me, Sarah Crompton, the critic.